incredible. You know, um, Jesus was also pretty awesome. Don't know if you knew that. Uh, the Son of God, who came to man to earth, sorry, and lived as a man, learnt skills, learnt life skills, watched his father Joseph, and and started to become an apprentice in the area of carpentry. Um, he, it's, the Bible says, he grew in favor and wisdom with God. Um, he grew in the the knowledge of, of the understanding like, of the call of God on his life. You know, it's not like he was born as a baby and he was like, wow, I am God. You know, like he, he grew into the knowledge of the call on his life, um, realizing that he was the son of God, realizing that all authority and all power had been given to him, seeing um, the gifts of God outworked in his life, seeing people healed, seeing people set free, seeing people delivered, like incredible gifts and talents. Jesus, son of God, son of man. And yet he made this statement, in John 5:19 he said the son can do nothing by himself he can only do what he sees the father doing John 8:28 and 29 says he says i do nothing of myself of my own accord or my own authority but i speak just what the father has taught me i always do what pleases him can we welcome pastor nat all the way from mackay i mean that is commitment that's like, that's true friendship right there. Thank you, Pastor Nat. That's how much you love me. I hear you. <laughs> so, you know, in making this statement, right, Jesus wasn't saying that he couldn't do anything. He wasn't, it wasn't false humility. He wasn't standing there going, oh, no, I can't heal the sick. No, I can't pray for you. I, I'm just Jesus. I'm just a mere humble Jesus, you know. Um, you know, actually, all authority had been given to him. He actually could do anything he wanted to do. When he was on that cross, he could have called all the angels from heaven to rescue him and save him, right? But what he is saying when he said that he is the son of God and he can do nothing on his own, he only does what the father, he sees the father doing. What he's saying is that he chose not to do anything his father wasn't doing. He chose to listen to his father's voice and then to move. What he was saying is, I'm surrendered. I'm submitted. Um, it was a decision that he made to be connected to the ultimate power source rather than relying on his own strength or his own ability. A decision he made. David Brown in his Bible commentary says that the meaning of the, of the scripture is saying the son can have no separate interest or action from the father. No separate interest. Um, in another commentary, it says that Jesus was fully submitted to the Father's will. And this submission came by choice, not by coercion, not by, um, you know, an inferior nature, but by choice. So Jesus was submitted. He wasn't forced to do the Father's will. He chose to do the Father's will. He chose to surrender. Mark 1.35 says, And in the morning, long before daylight, he got up, and went out to a deserted, deserted place, and there he prayed. You know, time and time and time again, we read of Jesus going to the mountain. We read of him going to pray. We read of him taking time out alone to seek the Father's will. He prayed a lot. He prayed daily. He was intimate with his Father God. He knew his Father's voice. He knew what his Father's voice sounded like. He, he heard his Father speak. He followed his call, his direction, his plan. He listened. He leaned in. He connected to his Father. And then he moved. Then he went out and did 
of what he did day in and day out. You know, church, I truly believe that the power of our prayer and the power of our connection with God, it is in the listening rather than the speaking. You know, it's in the listening and then the obeying. It's in the hearing and then moving. How often, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, how often do we ramble off some prayer, like it's just all our whinging and moaning to God, our complaining, God, where are you? You don't, you're not here for me, you know. Where are you in this situation? We tell God all the things we need. God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I need this. God, I need that. Blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we, we ramble off all this stuff to God. And yet, I guess the question is, do we stop and listen to hear what he has to say? You know, you might ask, how do I hear him? Because here's the thing. I think sometimes with prayer, I guess today, you know, Pastor Hartley shared an awesome message this morning on the Word. And I thought, how incredible. Like, this morning is all about the Word. Tonight, I really felt to speak about prayer and connection with God. And, you know, I know for me, sometimes, like, prayer, we, we sort of think of it as this thing like, oh, my gosh, it's like such a huge commitment. I've got to get up early and I've got to get on my knees and be like, oh, Lord. You know, or, you know, I've got to, I've actually got to set aside that, that time and really like pray and see God. And like, who knows when you start to pray, you think of everything else that you need to do. Like, especially if you're at home and you're a woman, it's like you start to pray and all of a sudden, like, oh, I've got to do the washing. Oh, better do the dishes. Oh, Frankie's crying. Oh, uh, uh, uh. there's like a thousand things, you know, that we think of. We start to pray and spend that time with God and all of a sudden everything else starts to happen and we think, oh, got to do all this stuff. But, you know, I believe prayer can be all day, every day. It's, it's actually about a heart connection with God and it's about having an ear that's just constantly tuned into Him. And it's about taking that time, moments, just moments to say, God, what do you think? God, what, what, what are you calling me to focus on right now? You know, God, I've got this situation. What should I do? What do you think? It's about just constantly leaning in and listening and, and hearing him. Um, you know, we can, we can hear him by reading the word. This is like, you know, you can actually listen to God using your eyes, reading what he's saying to you. Um, by hearing sermons or podcasts, we, we hear his voice. We hear what he's saying. Just stopping to listen in such a busy, busy world, taking the time, put that mobile phone aside, turn the screens, the whatever off and actually just spend a moment, maybe put some worship music on and just listen. What are you saying, God? Just take that moment to breathe and connect with him. Um, You know, in creation, creation speaks of the glory of God. Like, I don't know about you, I, I love just seeing a sunset or walking in, through creation and just looking around at the beauty that, of the incredible things, the world that God has created, right? Um, you know, we can hear God through leadership, challenging us, stretching us, you know, the, the challenges of life that come sometimes even in our tough situations, we can hear the voice of God speaking in those moments. Practice hearing the voice of God. Learn how he sounds to you. You know, something I love to do is really practical. I always tell the youth this. I just, I love to just write a letter to Jesus. I'm like, dear Jesus, you know, write all this stuff out. And then I like flip the page and I write, dear Jody. And I literally write everything that I just think, like everything that comes to my mind. I write it, write it, write it, write it. I don't stop and think about it. I just write, 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 write. 
And then I write, love God or love Jesus at the end. And when I go back and read it, it is incredible how so often God, like without me thinking about it, it's like he's spoken into that stuff that I've just written in my letter or, you know, or, or just says the things over me. Like, you're my child. I love you. You're beautiful. Don't worry about the situation. I've got it. Like, it's amazing, actually. So, you know, there's a, there's a hot tip for you guys. Try that one out. Um, but we can learn to hear his voice. Um, have you ever been in a power cut? Complete darkness. Just, <laughs> I, I, I said to Tim, I was like, babe, I'm going to do, I'm going to call it power cut. And I was thinking we could just do a black screen. Like as if there's been a power cut. And he was like, that's not funny, Jody. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> Clearly you guys didn't either. Yep. Lucky we didn't do that. Anyway, but you know, in a power cut, right, when it's completely dark and completely, you just can't see and you know, you're stumbling around trying to find where you put your phone to turn that on or, or trying to find the matches to light those candles. Where are those candles? Where is that torch gone? Oh great, the torch has no batteries in it. That's typical. You know, it's complete pitch black or you know, maybe you've been out in the, in the wilderness where there's no lights and you know, that, that dark feeling, right? You know, I, I called this power cut, this message power cut, because I actually think that many of us live like that. We live in a power cut kind of situation. We live stressed. We live striving. We live anxious. We live worried. We live fearful. We live burnt out and overwhelmed by life and the situations that are coming our way. We're too busy making life happen in our own strength, relying on those gifts that we have, on those talents that we have. And you know, this is just something God's been really speaking to me about actually over the whole year, just taking me on this journey of just not relying on the stuff. Because you know what? Not being arrogant, but I'm a talented person. <laughs> you all are. That's what I said at the start. You know what, guys? We can make stuff happen on our own. That's what I said to you at the start. You are all so talented and so gifted. And actually, we're all able quite often to just live in our own strength and just make gear happen. Oh, yeah, I go to work and I make money to pay the bills. You know, we, we make it happen. We do what we have to do. And yet, I feel like we're living in a power cut sometimes because we're not connected to that source of power and we, we, we stress and strive and worry and, and get anxious and stuff and yet God's like, the power is available to you. It's there. You know, maybe it's like our mobile phones. I don't know if yours does this, but when I've used it too much, which is quite often, it um, comes up with the low, low battery, would you like to switch to low power mode? And so I'm like, yep, definitely low power mode. And I wonder maybe if we get a bit like that in our lives, we get down to low power mode, we get down to operating on 10%, you know, where I had, I had an encounter with God a while ago or, or, you know, I connected with God a while ago, but, but I've just been living my own strength, doing what I do, relying on my gifts and my talents and you know haven't really had the time for him or whatever and all of a sudden we're in low power mode you know and we start to think oh, I'll just pull back from everything I'll just withdraw I'll just get by I'll just cope somehow I'll just keep stretching stretching and here's the truth stretching is really good it's good for our capacity and we need to do it but if we're stretching without being connected to the power source we will actually snap so the truth is, church, like I said, we are all gifted, talented, able people. God has created us this way. We are created in the image of God. He's created us to be amazing. And yet he's created us to be in relationship with him. 
But so often that's the thing that we miss, right? We, we, we lose connection with that power source. You know, we live in our own strength instead of turning to Him in prayer, leaning on Him, choosing to depend upon Him. Prayer is choosing to depend upon Him, choosing to depend on His ability, His efficiency, His might rather than our own. We, we can choose to submit to our, our God, to surrender to Him and follow His way. You know, even in everyday life, like the little decisions, the big decisions, God wants to be involved in them all. Yes, He's given us free will and that is absolutely incredible. But imagine if we chose that will, to, we use that will to choose Him, to choose connection with Him to choose submission to Him, to choose to be connected to Him as our power source. When we do that, we leave self-sufficiency and we go to God dependency. And that is where the power is. That is where the power is. When we leave self-sufficiency, I can do this, I've got this, I'm strong, I'm capable, I've got this, and we move to God dependency. God, thank you that you've given me gifts and talents. Thank you that you've given me this job. Thank you that you, uh, you know, have given me all these things, and yet, Lord, I choose you. What do you say? What are you speaking over me? What direction would you have me take? I choose you. Turning to him in prayer, listening to him day in and day out, that is where the power is. And, you know, um, when Jesus said, you know, I, I hear what my father said and I only do what he tells me to do, it wasn't like, it's not like he's saying just, you know, sit back on your cute little butt and just wait for the father to speak. Just wait. Do nothing. Don't, you know. It's not about being passive and sitting back waiting for Jesus to return. It's about, um, you know, Jesus was certainly not passive. He was out amongst the people. He was, he was out there. He was healing the sick. He was moving in signs and wonders. He had a crowd constantly following. He was constantly giving out to people. Um, he said in John 5, 17, my father is always at work. So the truth is this Father God is always at work, then we should always be at some kind of kingdom work, whether it's in prayer or just calling someone or texting someone to say, how are you going, or, or whatever it might be. You know, we're constantly moving in the kingdom. Um, I read the words of Isaiah the prophet, and um, I pray that we are not like this, but I fear that sometimes we might become a little bit like this when we're not connected to him as our power source. It says in Acts 28, 27 about, this is what Isaiah the prophet said. He said, you will indeed hear and hear with your ears, but not understand. You will indeed look and you will look with your eyes, but you will not see. For the heart, the understanding, the soul of this people has grown dull, stupid, hardened, calloused. And their ears are heavy and hard of hearing, and they have shut tight their eyes so that they may not perceive and have knowledge and become acquainted with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their souls and turn to me that I may heal them. You know, sometimes I fear that that's what we do is that we, we have, you know, we, we look and we hear and we, we see, but we don't understand you know we don't we don't truly see what God's doing we don't truly hear what he is saying and I think that comes when we're not connected to him when we're living in our own strength living um, under our own kind of ability and stuff the power is in listening with eyes ears heart wide open to God our father 
And we need his power because there is much work to be done. Um, in Acts 9, 8, about Saul, it says, you know, he, he, Saul was walking on the road. And this is Saul who had been persecuting Christians, killing them and making a sport of it, standing there watching and approving of what had happened. And he's walking on the road um, back like they did in those days. And he had this flashing light comes and he has this encounter. And God says, why are you persecuting me? And, and basically what happens is that Saul, his eyes are blind um, for, for three days. But it says that though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. Like his eyes were open. You know, people looked at him and his eyes were wide open, but he couldn't see anything. And, and I truly believe, church, that we're living in a generation whose eyes are open, but they can't see. Their eyes are open, but they can't see. They're looking everywhere else for love. And yet right here, they can't see that it's here in the church, in Jesus Christ, in you and in me. They're looking everywhere they can for the supernatural. You know, why do you think that every movie that comes out is all about the supernatural and the spiritual side of things? It's because there's a hunger for it. There's a desperation for it. And yet we, the church, we have the answer. We have the supernatural power of God that we can be moving in. And you know, I, I, would, I would say, and I hope that you feel the same, that God, I never want to be that person like Saul whose eyes are open and yet I can't see. That maybe I'm walking in and out of people's lives or coming to church, doing my thing, and yet I fail to see what, God, what you're actually showing me, what you're actually doing. You know, as I walk the street and, and with Frankie in the pram and we're walking along and people are walking past me, God, let not, don't let my eyes be open but not see these people who need you, who need love, you know, just a smile, just a hello, how are you, just a, you know, do you want me to buy you a coffee or, you know, can I help you carry those groceries, whatever it might be, you know, we can all do something to show the love of God. In verse 11, it says that Saul was praying and he had a vision of a nice coming to him. You know, we don't know what this generation are praying for, are crying out for. I don't even think they realize that they're praying, right? They don't even realize they're praying. But as they lay their head on their pillow at night and there's tears streaming down their face or there's loneliness, there's a cry coming out of this generation. Maybe you are the answer. Maybe I'm the answer. But how will we know unless we're connected to the power source, unless we're listening to our Father's voice and moving on what He says? You know, I think of Stephen in Acts 7.55 as he's standing there getting stoned to death. Hello. The Bible's crazy. Like, seriously, why go and see an action movie? Just read this. <laughs> um, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit and controlled by Him. Like that kind of stamina doesn't come from self-sufficiency. That kind of stamina, that steadfast, you know, is that like they're not chucking pebbles, people. They're throwing massive stones to kill him and, and they, they do kill him. That comes from God dependency. God, you've, you've got this. Even if you die, I'm yours till the end. Um, you know, what about Paul after his encounter with God where, you know, Saul becomes Paul and after his encounter with God in Acts 20 verse 22 to 24, there's a lot of twos in that, um, he says, I am going to Jerusalem bound by the Holy Spirit and obligated and compelled by the convictions of my own spirit, not knowing what will befall me there except that the Holy Spirit clearly and emphatically affirms to me in city after city that imprisonment and suffering await me. Woohoo! <laughs> Hashtag party. <laughs> 
But he says, none of these things move me, neither do I esteem my life dear to myself. What? That's not self-sufficiency. That is God dependency. That is living connected to the Father, hearing His voice. I mean, I don't know about you, but if the whole, if I f- constantly felt the Holy Spirit saying suffering and imprisonment await you, Jody, I'd be like, oh man, am I connected to the right source? Like, you know, it's it, a bit scary. But Paul, I mean, he, like, it was actually in prison in those chains, in that suffering, that he wrote all the letters to the churches, which is now the Bible. You know, all the letters to the churches that became the Bible that we read. How incredible is that? You know, when we're living self-sufficient and self-focused, our suffering and our pain is all about us. But when we're in prayer and connection with God, not only does He give us comfort and peace, but it gives us great perspective in the trials. It gives us a God perspective within those trials, you know. And there's something so powerful about a person who is suffering and going through trials and yet they are just in faith and submitted to the will of God and just like, God, I'm believing, but I trust you. You are sovereign. It's amazing. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And it says, what are you, O mighty mountain? You will become level ground. Let me tell you, church, when you are living connected to Father God, connected to the Spirit, hearing His voice and moving, connected in prayer, constantly just listening and seeking Him and, and connected to that power source, you will find that it's not in your might. It's not in your strength, but it's by His Spirit. And you will be able to look at your mountains and say, mountain, become level ground enough is enough. You know, we speak out. Um, You know, I I often sing to Frankie. I sing her little songs. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. You know, I used to sing that and think, they are weak, I'm not weak. I got this. (laughs) That's how, seriously, I have so much pride in my heart. No wonder God's been doing this thing on me. But you know what? This week I sang that song to her and oh my gosh, I had this revelation of weakness. Like, actually we are weak. Without Him, we are so weak. And in Him, we are strong. And you know, God has just been speaking to me so profoundly about what He could do with a generation who are truly repented and turned to Him. What could God do with us If we came before him time after time after time, repentant, God, not me, but you. You know, I used to think that that word repentance, you know, you think it's like just for when you first come and get saved (laughs) or for like the really bad stuff. Like, oh, I've got to repent. You know, but I've had this fresh revelation. I mean, just I haven't got time to tell the stories, but just this stuff God's been speaking to me about. And actually that every day, I need to come and repent of self-sufficiency, of trying to do it in my own strength, of trying to make things happen, you know, and just um, come to Him and go, God, I'm sorry that I again tried to do it on my own. I'm sorry that I didn't ask you about what you thought about that. Um, There's a song by Elevation Worship that says, I empty myself to be filled again with you. And you know what? That is my desire. God, I empty myself to be filled again with you. And you know, I carry a lot of stuff. People, it's probably not wise, let's be honest. But 
it's what God's given me at the moment and it sometimes feels like I'm juggling a thousand balls. Now, Tim, he can actually juggle. If we had time, I'd get him up here to demonstrate. But me, I'm not so good with the real juggling balls, you know, and sometimes not so good with juggling of life balls either. <laughs> but you know what I've started to do is every day, like often through the day, Holy Spirit, Father God, what do you want me to focus on right now? What is the focus for right now? What's my focus for today? What's the focus? Um, you know, show me what to focus on. Show me where to put my energy today. Sometimes, guys, we expel so much energy on stuff that is just not even relevant, right? God is saying, just turn to me, listen to me. Um, show me the people I need to contact, the ones who need a bit of the Father's love. Show me where I need to stretch today. Show me what needs healing in my heart today. Show me, God, the attitudes that need fixing today. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 to 16 says, If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways or their self-sufficient ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I will heal Sydney, a city for Christ. Then my eyes and my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. You know, C3 Silverwater, this is a special place. This is a special place and I truly believe that the eyes and the heart of God are on this place. Imagine what he could do with us if we turn to him. If we turn to him day in and day out, imagine what he could do if all of us decided, you know what, Tuesday fortnightly, I'm going to be at the prayer meeting. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to turn from my self-sufficient ways. We're not going to try and do church on our own. We're going to turn to him and pray. Imagine what he could do. You know, in a moment, I'm going to give people the opportunity to turn the power back on, to reconnect to the power source. And here's the thing. It's actually not a sign of weakness. I think this is what I struggled with. I, th I felt like, like if I can't make it happen myself, and it's not like I ne ever, you know, officially or really tried to turn from God. It just happens. You just start to move into your own strength. And, and you know, it's not a sign of weakness going, God, I reconnect to you. I'm sorry for my self-sufficient ways. It's actually a sign of strength. Submitting to God is powerful. Submitting to Him is powerful. Repentance brings revival in our personal lives and in our communities. It carries such a strong anointing. And I know tonight, church, as you make that decision that, you know what, God, tonight I want to repent. I want to turn from my self-sufficient ways and depend upon you. And you recommit to living that life of hearing the Father speak and moving out and obeying. That's how we reconnect to that power to live life well. You know, just as the band start um, come up for me, that would be amazing. Jesus's whole mission on earth was to restore relationship. That, that's why he came, to restore relationship because God the Father, you know, and it's like this, they were in heaven and they're like, you know, we, we need to do something to reconnect humanity to ourselves. His whole reason he came through dying on the cross and being raised to life again, he opened the way for us to confidently and freely live in relationship with the Father. Romans 10.10 10 says that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we can confess it with our mouths, then we 